When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. Mondays here. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, and you plenty to get into with the Oshan decision, the kind of final thoughts on the NFL draft, and oh yeah, the NCAA comes down with uh, a, uh, a ruling against uh, Nebraska. So... All sorts of things for your Monday. Coming up, Greg Smith will join us from Hale Varsity. Recruiting insider, his take on the Ocean Mathis sweepstakes. And uh, what else is in store for Nebraska on the defensive line here before things get rolling camp-wise. In hour two, Charlie McBride, Mr. Blackshirt, will get coach's take on the draft, on the acquisition of uh, Ocean Mathis, and, of course, the NCAA uh, punishment? Can we call it punishment? Are we, uh, how we feel about the term? I, I'm sorry, but when I look at this, the way Brett McMurphy made it sound at the time, like DEFCON 2, uh-oh, uh, the NCAA is coming after Nebraska. Uh, meanwhile, you get a show cause for a year and five days of playing golf. Sorry, that's how I'm going to spin it. If Coach Frost is suspended for five games, he's going to look at the forecast and go figure out which days aren't monsoon-like in the state and probably go play golf and spend time with his family. Um, This isn't great. It's been stressful. It's probably been hanging over Nebraska, but it was all about impermissible contact by one of your analysts. Nothing more, nothing less. And guess what? You want to go do a sting operation? How many? I don't know this for fact, but I'm guessing based on the number of analysts employed at Alabama, right? I'm guessing that there's probably been some improper contact, not just at Nebraska, but other spots. So a whole lot of nothing from this, in my opinion, other than it looks bad and it, it can stress you out if you're a new AD. See, and... And you're the parent here, so you can correct me if I'm wrong here. But from my experience growing up, this guy. Nice you think of, the, of me as that uh, with, with Junior. That <laughs> the, the mama bear's not doing all of it. But, but to me, this, this feels like whenever the, the bark is worse than the bite. Like, oh, yes, like you're, you're going to be you're gonna be in terrible trouble here. I'm going to take away the PlayStation. I'm going to take away the phone. I'm going to take away your car. And then the punishment comes down, and you got to go spend a Saturday afternoon mowing the lawn for 45 minutes, and you come back inside, and you're, you're good you, to you go. You can't it's, manage that way. Or, or from, from, a, from a younger point of view, it's like whenever the parents are talking about all these terrible things. What do you think things, we should do to you? Well, We're going to take I, away I th- TV, going to take away screen time, and you get put in timeout for a minute. I mean, it just feels like 
the the threat of what could have been coming and knowing that you're in trouble is worse than the punishment you actually got. Well, think about this. Oh, uh, well, maybe you should put me in a timeout in my room where I have all my devices <laughs> and my phone charger. Yep. Yep. <laughs> That's what it feels like. Right? The old Sopranos episode where Meadow threw a party at Grandma's and, well, you should take my Discover card away for three days. Come on, man. Don't ask your don't ever ask your kid what what you should do to them because they'll come up with what they think is horrific. And wow, they, they really feel bad. No, no. They, they mine anyway. Bless his heart. A, a wonderful con artist in the making. It's, uh... So I never ask him what you what you think we should do. It's always come down. And the NCAA has like they're missing teeth. OK. So when it comes to their ability to enforce, sure, they can enforce, but they're not probably long for this world. As much as they've screwed up NIL and uh, free transfer portal to all, it, it, it's an absolute mess in college football right now. Yeah, it's like the, the Colombian government putting Pablo Escobar in prison, but the prison they put him in was run by the cartel. It's club fed. Right. Yeah. Yes. That, that's, a, that's wonderful. I mean, when we can bring in... Drug cartel and Pablo Escobar and, and NCAA uh, tournament NCAA jurisdiction all in one. Yeah, why not? So what we have here, while we're on it, let's just talk here about the uh, the, the show cause penalty that'll follow Frost, no matter his college of employment, for one year from the date of the enforcement. So when I hear show cause, that's bad. Show cause means you can't go coach for a year, right? And I, th- that's that's not necessarily it with Scott. But when I see a, a five-year or a seven-year show cause, right? I mean, I think of Patino and I think of some other NCAA basketball messes where it prevents a coach from going to another program, and that program can't go enjoy postseason success as long as that coach is on staff. So the thing with this show cause is it's not good. And uh, the five-day suspension, when you're trying to make sure this team and this season get off on the right foot, that hurts. I mean, I made a joke of a five-day vacation, but in all honesty, he needs to be around as as much as possible as the, the CEO and head coach. So with Nebraska... Uh, Nebraska was found to be in violation of NCAA rules that limit the number of coaches permitted to work with players during practices and games. The violation involved former special teams analyst Jonathan Rutledge, who worked for the Huskers during the 2020 season, fired in January of 2021. Rutledge, according to a statement issued by the NCAA, provided technical or tactical instruction to student-athletes during practices and film session and assisted in tactical decisions during games. Uh, His involvement caused Nebraska in 2020 to exceed the limit of permissible coaches. So these are all level two. They're not level one. Level one's where you get stuff thrown at you, although the NCAA has yet to punish any of the FBI wiretap basketball programs because they kind of need them in the NCAA basketball tournament. So you have the level two infractions here. You have a, a three-plane structure, and it's a significant breach of conduct. Uh, 
you can you can have failure to monitor, but and that's what Scott got here, failure to monitor, but it wasn't lack of institutional control. And when you get that, that's not good. And you do all of this together where you have an analyst that's exceeding his his responsibilities. You as a coach didn't stop it, didn't know about it, or didn't report it to compliance. That's on you. That's where you get the uh, failure to monitor. It wasn't lack of institutional control, but again, Brett McMurphy made this sound like there's a lot of dead bodies and here comes the NCAA to the crawl space. Now, failure to monitor would imply that they can't prove that that Scott was, in fact, in knowledge of this. He may have been in knowledge of it, but they can't prove it. That's that's my read on it. Was that your read on it as well? Yeah, and honestly, what did you do to stop it once you did find out mm-hmm. about it? Did you go to compliance for a self-report? So that's not a good look if you're not reporting. But this isn't to be smug. You know how bad special teams were in 2020. Okay? I mean, Nebraska got nothing out of the extra communication or strategy or directives. That's not a slam on on Rutledge. It was just whatever he was doing wasn't helping. And whatever he was doing wasn't making Nebraska special teams better. So it's just a a black eye for Nebraska that prides themselves on being a, a, a clean institution. So uh, you, you do have an impact here, but you can move on. Quite honestly, that's that's what we now know. We know Nebraska didn't monitor, and there it is. Let's go to the phones. We'll dive into O'Shawn Mathis and, and why he picked the big red, but the NCAA uh, coming down with their penalties against Nebraska. So it's a five-day suspension and a show cause one year for Frosty. Uh, who's with us? Paul's on Paul, the line. Paul, thanks for hanging on, bud. Go ahead. Hey, I'm not trying to be too flippant with this, but I suppose two questions. One, can the five days be in a bye week? And if not, then well, fine. So the North Dakota game is the game that uh, Frost takes a five-day break on. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm with you. I mean, I was thinking of that, too. I'm thinking of when, when you're coming back from, from Ireland, um, start your five-day suspension then or do the bye week. I, I don't have the – I don't think it it, it, um, spec- it specifies, Paul, what you can and can't do other than it's yeah, – you can't, you can't pick a day here and there. It's got to be five consecutive. Sure. And thus a bye week would be great. I mean, what the heck. And if you can't do a bye week, then fine, take your weakest opponent and mm-hmm. make it that week. Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you. I mean, these are air quote, air quote serious, but it was much uh, man. It was it was much more mountain than than molehill, at least initially, right? When when yeah. the reports came out. Yeah, the fear of the punishment was more than when the punishment actually got handed down. Exactly, and Nebraska was cooperative, and, and Trev did a good job of of making sure they were. Working with that's where the NCAA like loads up to hit you again as if you're defiant with them, and that's why we're so good to be Nebraska nice. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, you take care, bud. Thanks for the phone call. Yep, yeah, you too. 
<laughs> it pays off to be Nebraska nice. Well, and just, I mean, think of that presser, right? Where Trev's like, uh, yeah, we, uh, we, we, uh, I just wanted you to know that there are some NCAA investigations going on. Scott, come up here, please. And dude's like, no. I'm sure Frost standing behind him looking like the, the little angry little kid. Oh, with completely. The arms and, and, and you grab him like by the arm or the ear. Get up here. <laughs> Stand up here with me. I mean, hilarity ensued. And, you know, his arms. Yeah. I mean, body language was everything. But 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 Trev handled it well. Uh, O'Shawn Mathis. We'll get there now. And first and foremost, Nebraska deserves a ton of credit. From a perception standpoint, you're a three and nine football team, and you go to the wall and go get who you wanted and who the rest of college football wanted. And that is a proven guy that can be on the edge as a as a pass rusher, a guy that can get after the after the quarterback. You uh, you make it happen. Twenty miles from his hometown, and that is to be commended by the Nebraska staff. So you, you win the, the perception battle. You get a bona fide edge guy that can come in and help domino affect the rest of your defensive line in a good way. Uh, it's going to open more doors for future portal defensive linemen even even in the next month, right? Because Nebraska can, can still go into the portal and go get more help for that defensive line while they continue to, to develop what's on campus. So it's just huge. And we can we can laugh about NIL and Nebraska playing that game at a high level and being a difference maker. Sure. Trust fund or trust. Well, I was reading through uh, Sip's interview with, with O'Shawn's mom. Journal started a good story on that. And it was trust. It was little things. It was it was genuine caring about yeah, you're pitching. Somebody to come play ball for you. Yeah, there's there's collectives involved that are going to take care of the Mathis family. But when push came to shove, Nebraska knew that O'Shawn Mathis had an, has has an older brother that has autism, mm-hmm. and Nebraska made sure that O'Shawn's older brother and family were all included, and that that hit home, man. It's one thing to sell mama. It's another thing to, to show mama. And Nebraska did that through uh, just being a caring outfit that wanted to include everybody, mom and older brother and rest of the family. And that was your difference. I think, yeah, from a business standpoint, Nebraska probably – did a little bit better than Texas. But I think when push came to shove, what was mom feeling? Well, man, if they if they take this much time with my, my autistic son uh, during my other son's visit, wow. I mean, th- this, this is the place for him uh, where they truly care about him. It's not a, 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 it's not a quid pro quo, quo where, all right, you go ball and have 40 sacks and we'll take care of you with the checkbook and, Everyone's happy. This is also about, okay, what what type of caring are you going to show the rest of the extended family? And listen, Nebraska was was fabulous with that. That's listen. We can talk about production and how he fits with Chenander and Dawson and what that means for Garrett Nelson and and uh, we'll get there uh, also for for Caleb Tanner. 
what it can do for Nebraska on third and eight is huge. Uh, but it's a three-down guy you're getting to rotate in. But just the, the story was, was pretty touching about uh, Oshan's mom talking about how Nebraska uh, treated her family, how they treated her son who's on the, uh, the, uh, the spectrum, and how it just was comfortable. How it was comfortable and it was a good spot. So what we have for you through the uh, most of this month is a chance for you to beef up your backyard with ESPN Lincoln. And what we're going to do is qualify uh, folks once an hour for the uh, backyard hookup, the Smoky Mountain Cooker Smoker from your friends at Capital Patio and the Flame Shop. Also a gift card to the great folks at Russ's so you can put some meat on that uh, Mountain Cooker Smoker. We'll let you know when to call on that to qualify, but uh, your chance to beef up your backyard. Greg Smith's on his way. And we're back. Fellas, think we could listen to the radio? On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Thanks for hanging out. More on the NFL draft. Some of the undrafted free agent Huskers, where they ended up. What we think of some of their landing spots. The O'Shawn Mathis decision came down. It was fun to watch the Twitter reaction. And uh, I can't wait to meet Yoda, the uh, the French Bulldog. Because his ears rival that of my German shepherd, Gertie's. Uh, I, I would still say Gertrude's got him beat. We say hi to Greg Smith. Greg, uh, great weekend for Nebraska. How you doing? Excellent weekend for Nebraska. I am doing well. Not as well as Yoda is doing, because Yoda was definitely the star of the show over the weekend. <laughs> Yoda's just chilling like, hey, Dad, good. You're going to Nebraska. Wonderful. <laughs> like, but, throw me a bone. Yeah. Well, and, and, and maybe, you know what, I think Yoda can get a, a new bone every day. So <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like it. So what did this come down to for you? Uh, when we look at Mathis and uh, picking Nebraska, is it? I, I think it's got to go beyond NIL. I mean, that's that's a major factor. But I think I think there's some other things that Nebraska made apparent in the pitch that really connected not only with Mom but also connected with Oshan. I mean, between playing in, in a league that gets you know that, that is kind of NFL ready right this league in every saturday you're going up against 50 guys that are going to get drafted or or maybe not maybe more than you know this next draft but you know the selling points is where i'm going with you greg uh, that that helped kind of seal this what was your read yeah you know it's funny like the nil thing is going to come up immediately and i think that that is a huge part of it but i'll say it this way like kansas if kansas had the same nil offer they couldn't have pulled this off right like there has to be other things um that are going on no disrespect to kansas i don't know why they were the team but but you get what i mean right um and so there had to be other things yes nebraska's nil operation is good um and that also by the way goes beyond just the financial aspect it also goes to the education 
educational aspect, which I am always hearing about uh, from either recruits, recruits, families, or, you know, just people behind the scenes and that Nebraska's education talking points or the things that they can do around NIL with that stuff also is super helpful um, and impressive to recruits and their families. But uh, other than that, I do think that the part about Ojan Mathis being able to show his skills in the Big Ten Conference where it's going to get him ready for the NFL, you just and it was perfect timing um, before when his decision came down uh, around the NFL draft to just see all the Big Ten guys, especially the edge rushers and defensive linemen, and then offensive linemen on the flip side of that getting drafted into the NFL, right? Um, and so you've got a compelling pitch there. Plus, I think, you know, Nebraska's family atmosphere being able to, to show that Oshan's mom, that they were going to take care of, the, take care of her, her son, I think was another big factor as well. I think Nebraska had a lot going for itself uh, in this recruitment. Um, much to the chagrin of a lot of Texas people. Greg Smith's with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And Greg, let's get into what the addition actually means for Nebraska's defense. There's been a lot of discussion about what Nebraska has up front with some recent departures. So so what does O'Shawn Mathis bring to that, that defensive line, that front seven as a whole? Yeah, when he brings that front seven, it's a player off the edge that opposing offensive coordinators really have to game plan around, right? If you get a two-time All-Big 12 selection, um, a guy that had a number of sacks over his career and tackles for loss um, while at TCU playing in their system. So what, to me, what I immediately thought of is when you insert a guy who's probably your best edge rusher from day one, that helps and it becomes a trickle-down effect for everyone else on the defense, right? So all of a sudden, Garrett Nelson, who we thought um, is going to be an emerging player this year and we saw him look really good in the spring game, he can't be double teamed because you have to pay attention to O'Shawn Mathis, right? Caleb Tanner gets to get a run a little bit more free because of that. And now, oh, by the way, the secondary, which is also in transition, talented, but in transition, gets a little bit um, a little bit of help there too if you can get some additional pressure off the edge. Like, I think it's a real nice win uh, overall for Nebraska's defense. We have to see how Mathis holds up in the run game in the Big Ten, um, but, I, but I think they'll, they'll try to, try to figure out a way to get that part of it handled size wise i mean he's he's at 260 and yeah. and maybe maybe he adds 10 12 pounds maybe he can hang it at, at 260 that's still a good weight for for an edge guy um but you're going to need to be able to set the edge and it's going to be not just flying off pinning your ears back you've got responsibilities in the run game or in space to, to deal with in the Big Ten, and, and that'll that'll make his game better. And I think about this, Greg. I think about Garrett and Tanner. Uh, as much as their game has continued to improve, yet you're going to have O'Shawn off the edge, so that's three. And then Reimer's a guy they like the blitzing as well. I mean, it could get... Yep. It could get fun but for Nebraska. Dare I say third and long, you can have a lineup of – You can of, have four guys you got to worry about. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> when you look at Nelson. It's been a while. Tanner. It's been a while since that's been – it's been 2014 is the last time you had four NFL guys or caliber guys coming off the line on a third and eight. Yeah, that is, it's just super helpful. And I was saying this to Steve Mark in the video we did over the weekend about it, um, is that we haven't seen kind of under this coaching staff like what it looks like when you do have a group of guys out there that can get after the quarterback um, in those third and long situations. You can picture the times where, where quarterbacks on the opposing team are able to kind of sit back there and then eventually the secondary kind of wears down because that's what naturally happens. Um, but to actually create a little pressure in a league that top to bottom doesn't isn't going to feature a tremendous quarterback play, right? So if you can make those guys a little bit uncomfortable like that, that just goes a long way. 
Greg Smith with us, recruiting insider, HailVarsity.com and Magazine. Greg, let's talk uh, more front seven acquisitions. Devin Drew, tell me about his timeline and Stephen Wynn and uh, Lamar Good, Bama and Florida, respectively. Could Nebraska go four for four on the D-line in the portal? Yeah, so I think what what is going to end up happening in my mind is that I, I think that Devin Drew is a matter of time before Nebraska um, kind of lands him. We don't really have an official timeline from him, but I, I think the consensus there is that it could be any day. I don't think he has any other visits lined up at this point. Um, and one of the things that, that's interesting here is that, yes, defensive linemen are like gold right now, but new people enter the transfer portal every day. So if you're someone who's taken a visit to a place and you like it, you need to just go ahead and commit, right? before that school continues um, to look elsewhere. And so I wonder if that's what ends up happening um, with Lamar Goods, if Nebraska continues to look as that visit is still a couple of weeks away potentially uh, for Nebraska. So I think that they're keeping him on the hook, but I'm not sure like if, if someone else is going to leapfrog him. Um, and then Wynn is a really interesting body, body type to me. He's such a big guy that can play in the middle of that defense. But like I said, there seem to be new names coming into the portal every day that could continue to make things interesting for Nebraska, but I do think they're getting at least two more defensive linemen, interior defensive linemen. Two more two more on top of Mathis, which is really big for Nebraska. Greg, it's still evaluation time. What are the coaches out doing? Who are some of the latest offers for Nebraska? Yeah, so it feels like it's Texas Day uh, for Brian Applewhite. He's down in Texas in the Houston area uh, making a bunch of offers today. And, and the thing that, that has intrigued me is not necessarily like who the offers are going to necessarily, but that they're still make, they're making some new 2023 offers. Like the current class um, is getting new offers, which kind of signals to me that Nebraska is reshuffling the board a little bit, particularly when it comes to being able to get Brian Applewhite down into Texas and get him in front of um, high school coaches and some of the top talent down there um, as I've kind of got an eye on that to see as Nebraska continues to get good publicity out of this weekend and kind of NIL is, is this now kind of synonymous with Nebraska and some of the things that they've been able to do there are they able to get in front of some different players um, I think that'll definitely be something to watch here moving forward as official visits start getting set up Greg reaction to the NCAA's announcement uh, with penalties against Nebraska Oh, I, have, I mean, it's a slap on the wrist for the most part. Like, it sounds bad uh, when you say that the coach has a one-year show cause, uh, but that ends up being more of an issue uh, when you don't have a job, when you already have one. Like, there's nothing to show, um, so you're already there, right? Um, I think the thing about the practices is a little weird, um, but it feels like, and I understand the reaction from fans, and it wasn't just Nebraska fans that I saw um, saying that the NCAA really has bigger fish to fry right now besides kind of improper use of analysts given everything that's going on in the NCAA, which I tend to agree with. Um, but, hey, who knows when it comes down to the NCAA. Yeah, but, Greg, when you, when you look at this, Schmidt and I compared it in, in segment one to whenever a parent is, is threatening a kid with, you know, taking away a, a PlayStation. Greg, we're going to send you a timeout, timeout in your room that has PlayStations and, and yeah, video exactly. screens. <laughs> It, it just, yeah, I mean that is a good comparison. Yeah, it just it, just, it feels very like all, all bark, no bite. Where the, the bark seemed a lot worse, say a year ago. Oh, than no, the bite feels now. Don't ground me. Don't send me to my room, Dad. <laughs> oh, that's a, that's a great point, though. It definitely is. It came out to be a lot lesser of a punishment than they kind of made it seem like it was trending towards uh, when you first found out about it. So yeah, I, I would definitely. 
definitely agree with that. Uh, you know, it, it'll be okay. Like, they can find a way to kind of work around all of that, obviously, with just a handful of practices that Frost has to miss. Um, and it, it's just it's just more fodder for yelling at the NCAA at this point. Greg, growing up, what, what was your worst punishment? For me, my, my dad always threatened to take away my car after age 16. He was never going to do it. He didn't want to drive me to school or whatnot. He didn't want to get up early. So it always ended up being yard work for me. <laughs> Oh, that's a tough one. Um, you know, the yard work, I never really minded. I think probably once I got, like, it had my laptop, I think having the laptop taken away um, mm-hmm. was always a bad one. Uh, the PlayStation thing was always bad for me, too. I can vividly picture my PlayStation sitting in my dad's closet. He would take it out of the room mm-hmm. and sit it in his closet um, every time I was in trouble, which was frequently, uh, believe it or not. See, you guys are all right. My dad, like, took my keys and made me take a cab to the grocery store I was working, like for an entire oh, summer. That's, that's I, I earned it, though, because I wrecked my car. I mean, I totaled okay, my... Yeah, you, I mean, I earned it. <laughs> yeah, you definitely got your money's worth on that one. The worst one I ever heard of, I had a buddy around the corner that like had bad grades on a support card like right before school ended for the summer, and he was not allowed to go outside and play the entire summer. Oh, he had to sit in the house wow. and watch it. It was rough. That was brutal. But he never had bad grades again, though. No, no. He's probably very successful now. (laughs) (laughs) No. The, uh, hey, guess what? You're taking a freaking cab to work. Like, okay, I don't really make enough to cover the cab ride, but he's like, that's your freaking problem. (laughs) We'll do it. Uh, So, yeah, there it is. Uh, That brought up a wonderful childhood memory. Um, (laughs) The the old show cause, the the 1994 wreckage of the Oldsmobile. There we go. Greg, have a a great week, bud. We'll uh, get connected soon, and, and thanks for your time today. Hey, sounds good, man. Hang on to your keys. Yeah, I get you. Totally get you. <laughs> yeah. So the old NCAA, the tone-deaf parent, thinks they're doing some real good work here, punishing a, a, a wayward child. You know? We'll dive into the NFL draft. Uh, Cam Jurgens, and uh, he has been eyed for a while, it sounds like, by Philly. Uh, really cool connection with him and uh, tra- uh, with uh, him and Kelsey. Uh, we continue on Hail Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. And now, and now back to Hail Varsity Radio. So a good weekend for Nebraska. Oshan Mathis says yes, please. And you have a slew of Huskers get uh, picked three in all. Good for Samare Toure. That was awesome. Is uh, he was uh, in the latter part of round seven, but man, what a potential fit for him in Green Bay. There's a number of Huskers that didn't hear their name, some surprising, some not. One uh, player that did get the phone call was Cam Jurgens, and there's already a big time connection. We'll dive into this segment with Philly and Cam, and uh, here's part of that. Uh, scene that played out between uh, the phone call, the moment, and uh, the happiness as he is now an eagle. Cam, what's going on, man? How you doing? I'm doing great. Ready to be an eagle? I am. I am. Yeah, yeah we're excited to get you, man. Yeah, great future ahead of you, and <laughs> let's go. We can't wait to get you in here. Hey, Cam. Hey, Coach. Congratulations, man. 
Thank you. Thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm so excited. Shoot, so are we, man. You, you, uh, you embody everything that we want in our program. So can't wait to get you here, start coaching you, and uh, you're in good hands with Coach Stout, that's for sure. I'm pumped. I'm ready to go. Can. Coach Stout. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, this, is a, this is a great day for all of us. I'm excited. And you know what was cool, and I think this was on Instagram, Greg Austin was at uh, Cam's draft party, and you've got the connection with Stout and Greg Austin, of course, Jason Kelsey, and uh, this was uh, a long time in the making here with uh, just Kelsey knows that it's about time to retire. He's one of the greats, helped bring a Super Bowl to Philly, super high-level center for sure, obviously. And of all the guys coming in and out over the last few years, it was Cam Jurgens that wowed uh, this uh, standout player in Jason Kelsey, who could be my heir apparent. And Philly went in and got him. And it was, uh, it feels like a, a pretty good matchup. Yeah, and it seems to me that it's been on the cards for a couple of years now. We know it. Kelsey's aging, and he's been ready to get out within the next couple of years. And it, it seems like the Eagles have given him the opportunity say, we appreciate what you've done for the program. We appreciate you sticking around knowing that there, there is no air for you right now. So we're going to give you the opportunity to, to help us scout new centers, new guys who can come in and fill your role and let you handpick your own successor. Let's hear a little bit uh, from Kelsey on Cam Jurgens. It is Cam Jurgens. C- oh, that's it. It's a center. <laughs> yeah. He's no, gonna, I don't. What the hell? He's going to be fine. I knew we were taking him. You did? So uh, so this is my favorite player in the draft. I'm not just saying that because we Hell picked yeah. him. Uh, the Eagles have been uh, using me uh, to, like, evaluate some of the centers coming out. And of all the guys that I've looked at, like, for the past two, three years, out of all the guys that compare the most to myself, uh, this guy is him. I mean, he is so athletic, so fast. You see him out in space. He runs. He's a natural athlete. You see the fluidity. He played tight end, a position convert. He's only been playing offensive line for two years. Um, you know, 4-9-2-40, cone. This guy is a freak athletically. He has the best chance to be a difference maker at the center position. I, I like this kid a lot. I really do. That's a win. Now, Cam Jurgens reacting to Kelsey and some of that praise. That, that's awesome. Uh, you know, I watched a lot of his tape and getting to see a guy that's able to move like he is and play as hard and with as much intensity as he is. And like, that's kind of how I want to play. That's how I want to model my game and be an athlete on the field and not, you know, it's just because you're a lineman doesn't mean you can't, you know, run downfield and knock a safety out. So that's kind of what I want to, you know, I want to do stuff like he does and being able to fit into their system as well as I can. Like I'm, you know, I'm stoked to be able to be in there. More with Cam Jurgens in his meeting with, with Jason Kelsey. We talked for quite a while. I was actually in the O-line room with Coach Stoutland going over, and, you know, he's quizzing me. We're going over the plays, and, you know, Jason Kelsey walked in, and we started talking a lot about their offense and, you know, what I can do and how I can fit in. And then uh, he started talking about how he just got a, got some cows and was learning how to be a cattle rancher. And, shoot, I grew up on a cattle farm, and that's kind of what I grew up around. So we started talking 
we started talking some ranching and football and how we can, you know, help each other learn. So that, I mean, that's, uh, you know, it's, it was like just a great combo again to meet someone like him. That's such a superstar. And you know, he's down to earth. He's a good dude and uh, somewhere I can fit in really well. So we've seen the video of, of Cam during the summertime face to face with a bull and, and doing some pass pro. Yeah. yeah. Doing the pass pro. <laughs> And the, the the bull had had enough and turned around and went to a different pin, but uh, Cam has some advice for Kelsey when it comes to uh, to farming, specifically the, the the ranch work that needs to happen. You know, I would just say it, it never stops. You know, like farming never stops. You always gotta you gotta feed the cattle. I guess you know it's there's a lot of stuff on the ranch to be done, and you know you gotta treat them like they're your family. Say no if someone asks you to go to the train station. Last thought here from from Cam Jurgens on making that move from tight end to center. It was kind of like early on in my career. Went there at tight end, went through the off season and fall camp, and within the first game, the our uh, O line coach and head coach uh, Coach Frost, uh, you know, brought it up and like, hey, we want you at center. And initially, you know, my reaction was like, holy crap, I don't know if I can gain that weight and. Uh, I was probably like 240, and then once I made that switch midway through the year, I put on a lot of weight, a lot of really fast, and it was kind of, you know, that part was easy, but learning all the technicalities of it, it, it was, uh, that was probably a little bit of the struggle, and it took a little bit to, you know, harness everything, and, but at the end of the day, like, I, I absolutely love the switch. I think within a week of being in the O-line, I was like, why, why was I ever a tight end? I was tired of running downfield just to not get a ball thrown my way. I mean, I love it, dude. So, again, to do that every play, is, that's, that's my stuff. Pretty cool stuff from Cam Jurgens as he is off to Philly. Cam Taylor, Britt, Cincy. Samare Toure, tell me if this doesn't make sense. Cold weather wide out from Montana to Nebraska, from now from, from, from Nebraska to Green Bay. And Green Bay is the king at taking late-round picks or, or undrafted free agents, and they end up thriving in Green Bay. So I'm not saying Teray is going to be a top-four wideout going into 2022, no, but I think he went to a spot that's just absolutely got a great history of development and, and making guys taking all comers. I mean, I mean if, if, the, if he can – work out this summer and connect with Aaron Rodgers and get his trust. I mean, this is really, really high level for Samari to end up where he's at. I mean, I think every receiver dreams of going to the NFL and being paired up with a top 10 quarterback, not in the NFL now, all time, all time top 10 quarterback. That's where Samari Toure is going. And I mean, just to, to add to it, he's going to a top 10 quarterback who has been known throughout his entire career to love guys that other NFL teams have slept on, the type of guys that are, are sleepers, late-round picks, undrafted guys. That's who Aaron Rodgers thrives with, and that's where Samari Toure is going now. It's great for him. No, Samari will be good. We'll have some final thoughts on the undrafted section, who went where and how that shakes out. Charlie McBride's 10 minutes away. It's Hale Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. And now. And now. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. One final time this hour, don't forget to like the podcast, subscribe to the podcast, and give us a rating for Hale City Radio, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and tell us what you think. We're excited to get all sorts of feedback. 
and uh, keep on the subscription train. I appreciate all the listenership with the uh, the show live and on your time, on demand, uh, with the different podcasts. So buckle up. Pretty easy to say, but you got to do it. Using your seatbelt saves lives, prevents injuries, only if properly worn. So buckle up. This message from the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. So a lot's been talked about with NIL, and we had a good chat with Sharpie about it on, on Saturday, the weekend edition. And I don't think as a Nebraska fan you should feel anything but excitement when it comes to the NIL portion of getting you over the, the finish line with the Oshawn Mathis. It helped. It was important. It was a it was a heavy reason you got a yes, but not the reason. And and right now, Frost and, and Alberts and kind of the old school Nebraska contingent who are probably wore out by the day and age we live in with college football. You can either stand by and do nothing on principle, like Dabo. You can whine and complain, like Dabo. And I don't think he's wrong. But you either kind of adapt or die. And right now, you've got a window and an opportunity in a fan base and collectives with people who love spending money on Nebraska, right? Either they're going to throw money in the offering plate for the new building or they're going to buy a skybox or they're spending money for a a tailgate spot. And while three and nine probably pissed them off, they're, they're ready to see it go nine and three. It's unwavering support. And and that's your 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 game changer, your difference maker, in Lincoln. And it's okay if if right now you've got an opportunity, a window, to go accumulate more talent. You weren't able to initially get on the recruiting trail, and you're not doing anything wrong. You're playing by the rules, and you are a difference maker in the world of NIL because of the Blake Lawrences of the world, and different companies out there, different collectives. Use it to your advantage until you're told you can't. You don't need to feel slimy about it. It is slimy, but it, it, you either don't use the, the resource you have and kind of stand by idly, or you get aggressive and uh, you go get more talent so you can win on Saturday. And that's how it is. And what I'm struggling to to, to balance a little bit is the fact that. NIL is going to be great for Nebraska. It, it already has been great for Nebraska, while also being fearful of what NIL could do to the game I love and what it's already started to do to the game it's, I love. It's a nightmare. So, and, and I know there's probably going to be guardrails and more rules being put into place based on what we've seen, but we, we don't know that for sure. And I, there is that slight fear of what could the game look like in five years because of NIL, but while in also three, being in like, three years, you're going to get you and your your football conference are going to be making a hundred million a year. Mm-hmm. And you're probably going to have a limit on the portal. If you're a graduate, go ahead and transfer. I think the portal part needs to be plugged up a little bit because that's an issue with NIL. Coach McBride's next. Hail Varsity Hour 2 on the way.
Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Thanks for hanging out. Hour two. It's Hale Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. It's that time. A Monday at five. A Monday with Charlie. Mr. Blackshirt. Charlie McBride joins us. Coach, uh, we need another umbrella, man. We've just been getting hammered with rain all day today. How are you? Oh, it's good. That's good. It, yeah, all the flowers will be out tomorrow and then it'll snow. <laughs> You're probably right. Uh, I, I all the trees, trees are out here. I mean, there's a lot of lot of trees that are blooming here with their flowers and stuff, and it's cold out. Well, it's uh, it's chilly here. Junior was supposed to have baseball tonight, but that's been shelved. Thankfully, it would have been pretty cold and in in, in in you know not not ideal baseball weather. But hey, we'll uh, we'll deal with it. We're finally getting some rain. And uh, the state needs it, so we're excited there, Coach. There's a lot to talk about today with uh, with Nebraska. We'll start off with uh, the uh, the transfer portal, and Nebraska was able to go get Oshan Mathis. He's the defensive end that was at TCU, and it came down to Nebraska, and it came down to Texas, and he picked Nebraska. And he's uh, a guy that's really good at getting to the quarterback. What do you think? Well, I think that's good. I, you know, and and I think probably that, you know, he he probably, from what I can gather, had pretty good family backing on all of the things that he did and and, and all of the decisions that he made, mm-hmm. and and you know, with the help of his parents or whatever brother, or, you know, and I know his brother, you know, was a, believe it or not, was probably a big factor in the thing, even though. You know, he's in a situation that he's in uh, just because of uh, the, the way the coaches treated him and the way they, they um, you know, uh, let him come along with him and be, take part in it. And mm-hmm. those, are, those are the smart things. Those are the things that really make a difference. And, you know, when you're straightforward with parents and you're straightforward with everybody, uh, there's, a, there's a feeling that you get that says, hey, wait, now – you know, we're not hearing the same thing at both places, and you know, that's a it's a different kind of talk. It's more like you live down the street from us. You ought to be here in school, da 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 da. But mm-hmm. when you get here, it's all the things that are in between the cracks. You know, all the information that you receive is so much more than he probably even did at Texas. Well, he no doubt with what Nebraska was able to showcase provide i mean just the little things attention to detail that it sounds like made oshan's mom feel really good about sending her son up here and from a football standpoint coach you get a, you get a guy that has you know double digit sacks and is a difference maker on top of a couple of kids that have been really working hard to up their game and garrett nelson and caleb tanner You've uh, you've done this for a lot of years. You have uh, uh, an embarrassment of riches 
Uh, I, I look at some of your teams with just really good ball players that can go, go get a quarterback, not just one, but three or four guys. Touch, touch on a little bit what this addition can do for Coach Chenander and some of the other kids on the line when it comes to, to getting after the quarterback. Well, big plays make a big difference. And, you know, when you're doing – when you're – when the offense – is is motivated by a lot of times and and very lot of times with what the defense does mm-hmm. uh, you know they you know when you get the ball you're making big plays that gets the crowd going that makes a big big difference with you know the offense going on the field and saying we can't let these people down and things like that there's a lot more pressure put on you uh, you know, when you're rather than going on the field and say, "Here we go again, three and out," we are back on the field. You know, and mm-hmm. yeah, that makes and you get a guy that can come in there and on a you know on a, a third down any time, and they're only out there for three downs, and he makes a big play. That even makes it magnifies it more uh, because they're not able to move the ball down the field. There's a lot of reasons. Um, and if you look at last year, I, you know, I think you get somewhere between oh, 25 and 30 points were given away by special teams. Uh, you take those 25 or 30 points away from the end of the scores on a lot of those games, you might have had a few wins. Mm-hmm. You, you know what I'm saying? And so the same thing goes with turnovers on defense. And a lot of times those guys can strip the ball from behind the quarterback. They can they make some big plays, especially from the side angles. Straight up is a little different. you got to put your hat on the ball most of the time and things like that. But coming on out from the outside and so forth, whether it's a running back or a quarterback, you got a good chance to get the ball out of there. It, it can turn a ball game, getting a turnover, sure. forcing a turnover, making a big sack, knocking out a guy. You know the the, the yeah the you know getting the second or third team guy in there. Are you bothered by the way college football is now? And and I don't know, you know <laughs> fr- from a from a name, image, and likeness amount. I don't yeah. know what O'Shawn Mathis got from boosters to come to Lincoln, but it it it. it it was something. <laughs> okay, so yeah, that, well, that's the yeah. world you live in now, though, is my is my point. Does yeah. it bother you? Well, there's going to be some rules made. I, I think, you know, right now the college players have it better than the pros. Yeah, they do. Uh, because the pros only have, they only have the, the you know, the, when their contracts run out, the free agency is about it. The, the kids nowadays can turn around and go tomorrow. You know, a lot of times, and they can, you know, choose whatever school they want to go to. And you're seeing a lot of stuff in the paper now where guys are uh, not being able to be moved. And part of it is because of the amount of money that they're demanding or that they already are, they have to pay out. Mm-hmm. And uh, that makes a big deal with the, uh, with the salary cap. So they have to get everything under control, and then once they find out how much money they have left over, if they have any or any adjustments in the team uh, salaries, you know, that they can get, you know, where you have a lot of these guys making tons of money, able to, uh, you know, help out a little bit so they can bring people in. That that helps too, but that doesn't help with everybody. 
Charlie. So, you know, they, so that right now, though, the college guys have it because they can go any place, any time. And I think that's going to, I think that's probably going to slow down a little bit. Well, they got to get it under control. Uh, what, Coach, you, you had this announcement here by the NCAA, Nebraska coach yeah. Scott Frost hit with minor penalties for coaching mm-hmm. violations, a one-year show cause, a five-day suspension to be served during the championship segment of the 2022 season, and a $10,000 fine, level two violations. It wasn't lack of institutional control, but you didn't have the the supervision that was needed, and you had one of your your analysts that was uh-huh. do, that was doing too much, and it didn't help right. anyway. It didn't help anyway. <laughs> way, well, that, that's playing. true. I that happened to me. I mean, not me uh, personally, but mm-hmm. when Callahan was here, he asked me to uh, you know look at the defense and. Uh-huh and write a report on a, a particular game and then go in and talk to the defensive coordinator who, they, who I recruited in high school. I mean, when he was in high school, I mean, it wasn't like, you know, I wasn't stepping on anybody's toes, but I was just trying, there for the weekend and I stayed a couple extra days. And I was sitting in there, just started talking to him. I had gone over all the stuff with Coach Callahan, then turned around and went in there and all of a sudden here comes football operations person and he comes in and says you guys don't say another word you got to leave right now you know because during the season they had a rule and i don't know what exactly it is now but Mm -hmm. there was a rule that you could not have anybody in uh during the year you could have men in the spring or something like that but during the season that was uh that was not not legal so without saying a word i was out of there and uh probably kept them from getting in any kind of trouble because they reacted to it right away. That's and and when, it, when something happens like it did now, that didn't that didn't happen that way. Yeah, the they didn't go to compliance like they should have and you had the uh, head football coach fail to monitor the special teams analyst and uh it was uh he was present when some of the violations occurred and identified some red flags, yeah. yet didn't consult with compliance when he uh, right. noticed these red flags to ensure the special teams analyst co- complied uh, the NCAA le- uh, legislation. So it, it was it was uh, it was a mess. It looks bad. It's embarrassing, and it's uh, but Nebraska's been pretty up and up with the NCAA working on this investigation. Working and Trev's been really good with it. Yeah. Well. That, that's that's the best way to go is go straight with them and don't give them a lot of guff and uh, you know and try to try to wheel you your way out of it some way because they're not stupid. <laughs> I mean they got attorneys working for them. They got ex FBI guys. They yeah. got they got a lot of people that have some stuff. So you have to really be honest with them and go. There's no sense in trying to wiggle your way out of it. Um, you, you'll be better off if you don't. Charlie you know, McBride so with that, us on Hale Varsity. No, I, I get you there. Coach, you got a couple of minutes. Want to get your thoughts on the NFL draft. And Cam Jurgens is off to Philly. Uh, you have uh, Cam Taylor-Britt to Cincy. And then Toure is off to Green Bay. And a number of kids signed free agent deals. 
Uh, kind of surprised JoJo didn't get drafted, but he ended up in Indy. Uh, Austin Allen's with the Giants. What did you think of Nebraska's uh, draft weekend? I thought it came out a lot better than, you know, I, I was surprised a little bit on some of the guys that got like Austin and, and JoJo. Yeah. And, you know, I think all of those guys were eligible to get drafted late. I think the difference what happens the same old, same old. you got to win some games. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it just kind of it wears on the players when you don't win. Uh, but if you were if you won the conference championship, I'll guarantee you those guys would all be drafted. And, uh, you know, that I mean, you know, when you have a team that does that, then, you know, they're somewhere there. They're players. Mm-hmm. But I think, you know, they're going to be I think that, that some of those kids are going to turn out to be pretty good players. A lot of times it's. One thing, or it's what the team needs. Once you get into the into the, uh, the free agency stuff, those you you have a better chance, really, because they're signing somebody they need to have mm-hmm. somewhere along the line, or they have a plan planned out. Whether he's good, they he may they may say to play man to man. Maybe JoJo say, for example, isn't have the speed they want. I don't know. But if he but if they play a lot of zone, he 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 is you know, and he can play linebacker. I mean, Gary did it, you know, at Philadelphia, and you know, and played move positions around and things like that, just because of his athletic ability and his knowledge of the game. So it makes a lot of difference in what they know, and uh, so I think they sometimes have a pretty good advantage to make the team because they're all qualified to play in the NFL. Charlie McBride's with us here. And, and Charlie, about a minute left here. It seems like one of the, the reasons that JoJo fell out of the draft was, well, it was a combination of things, but the, the main factor was two previous knee injuries during his time in college combined with the fact that he's almost 25 years old. And, and I, I want to ask you about the knee injuries. Do you think there's anything to a guy being quote-unquote injury prone because from my experience growing up playing sports it almost felt like injuries were, were almost more luck of the draw so I want to get your take on this you, you coached a higher level of football is there something to guys being injury prone well these guys have their own doctors and some of these guys they're really something that I mean you know at one time we had to stop one of the things I remember Calvin Clark had something like x-rayed so many times by every team they wouldn't believe the guy x-rayed from the other team you know if he carried it with them i mean they have to do all this well that's no good i mean you can't do that to a player stick them under you know an x-ray thing like that so there's so many different things that these guys have in their heads they all think they're a bunch of rocket scientists i think and (laughs) you know and, and, and when it really comes down to simple stuff Turn the film on and look at it and and make a decision, you know, and uh, have them playing against good people, have them playing against people that aren't as good. And, you know, it just, you know, you you just see things in in players that will fit what you want them to do. And a lot of them, you just see see the potential in what they have. Mm -hmm. Charlie McBride with us. A uh, lot covered. Nebraska and the NCAA and Nebraska getting O'Shawn Mathis in the NFL draft weekend. Coach, uh, you make sure it gets warmed up for you so you can go catch some fish, all right? 
there's a bunch of guys fishing. I don't know. I think they're all nuts. <laughs> well, uh, doing it. you bundle up and we'll uh, we'll chat with okay. you next Monday. How's that sound? That sounds good. Well, thank you for the okay, time. Okay, have a good week, fellas. You too, Coach. Appreciate you. Okay, you bet. Bye now. There he is, Mr. Blackshirt. <laughs> it's pretty simple. Turn the film on. What did you see? Pretty good. Uh, Bill Dolman going to weigh in on the NCAA penalty and uh, NIL and O'Shawn Mathis. Pride of Fairbury, a Monday edition, next. He's in his 30s, but sounds like he was born with a stogie in one hand and a brew in the other. Now, say my name. It's Schmitty on Hail Varsity Radio. I got the body of a caught preteen Swedish boy. Thanks for hanging out. Hail Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. He is the pride of Fairbury, NBC Sports. Big weekend to chat some ball with Bill Dolman. He's with us on Fridays, but emergency press conference called today in lieu of NCAA sanctions that were handed down. And sanctions is a, well, that's too strong a word. Bill Dolman, pride of Fairbury, at uh, Bill Dolman on Twitter. Billy D, what'd you think? How are you? Good to spend time with you. It's always great to be with you guys. Um, I, uh, I'm amused. <laughs> Your text message kind of says it all. I mean, you want to talk about time for some con- some confession here. I mean, ooh, <laughs> you have awful special teams. You go three and five. You have um, Rutledge apparently not supervised, so he's doing more than just observing. And uh, here's a $10,000 fine, and here's a show cause penalty. Uh, meanwhile, uh, somebody just signed a defensive end for lots of money. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I'm not, I'm not specifically going to point him out, but I will share. What I, this is what I sent to Schmitty earlier today. I stand corrected. The NCAA <laughs> is a viable and important organization for policing collegiate athletics at the highest levels. I also said perhaps – a player could pay the $10,000 fine out of his above-the-table bag of cash he received, considered a donation to the university, and take it as a much-needed tax write-off. Right, because you got to pay taxes now. I mean, if you gift 10G towards the program and your new head coach, I think that's a win deal. This, you know, I've, I've tried to... I've tried to <laughs> I have tried to absorb this all day today, <clears throat> And I get, I just, I, I get, I'm a little more amused every time I think about it because it's, it's like the NCAA going, look at us over here. We're yeah. over here. We still matter. I mean, it's, it's Kevin Bacon, you know, like all is well. We're still in charge. Meanwhile, you get right? run over. You get run over on Main Street. Well, if, here's, know, here's what's embarrassing, Bill. If you're going to cheat. Don't have a an awful special teams unit that cost you ball games, right? The, the, that, that's the, punish, the punishment should be Nebraska needs to rehire the guy. No, and, <laughs> and let him coach more or something. I, I don't. I don't know. I, I, again, I I think this is the NCA trying to show relevance and what can we do? Who can we? Nebraska. We've screwed Nebraska, up. They're like clickbait. This is like NCAA clickbait. Mm-hmm. Let's do Nebraska. Arizona State football has been under a 
light cloud of suspicion, not dark because nobody paying attention to it since June, minimum of June of 2020 for having recruits on campus during a COVID dead period. I'm sure there's more to it than that, but June, 2021, okay? They've had five coaches leave the program. They've got numerous players leaving the program. Everybody does, but the coaches thing, that's, that's significant. That tells me that there's more darkness to the cloud than what we've been led on, but nobody's paying attention to it, right? This, not all of these, but this chicken scratch, all the schools implicated in one way or another with the NCAA college basketball FBI scandal. Hold that, that hold that sheet up because that's, that's the, is that the field of 64? <laughs> no, 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 no. This is just the, the, the what's written here. The, all these schools like Auburn, USC, Arizona State, Miami, Kansas. South Carolina, Alabama, Seton Hall, Maryland, Kentucky. Oh, Kansas. There's like 20 schools that are either, into, I mean, heavily under investigation or some that are just like on the tangent, like Creighton was kind of like tangentially under investigation, okay? Mm-hmm. But there's like 20-some schools, 2017, okay? Five years removed from what's this. What's come of it? Nothing. Ask me, on, ask me the first week of April what's come of the NCAA FBI investigation into college basketball. Kansas won a national championship. Do you know when Kansas's level one and uh, lack of institutional control uh, charge was made? 18. September 23rd, 2019. Wow. Nearly over two and a half years ago. They just won the national championship. And I'm sure that whatever they did back then is legal now in college college athletics, right? But you still broke the law when you committed the crime at the time, right? Now things Two have been... Two and a half years ago, three level one and lack of institutional control against Kansas basketball who won the NCAA championship. And I said this three weeks ago, whoever succeeds Bill Self in 10 years as the head coach of Kansas is going to have a hell of an NCAA investigation looming over his head in 10 years. Right? If they're so Nebraska, around. what can the NCA do? We gotta clickbait this. Who can we get? Because the investigation into North Carolina basketball, let's just keep going back, okay? That academic investigation regarding North Carolina basketball went from nineteen ninety-three to two thousand eleven. Ninety-three to two thousand eleven, and then finally what was it in two thousand 13, 17, somewhere in there where they said, uh, we don't know. Here's one of my favorite lines, and this came from the Daily Tar Heel, okay? The NCAA conducted an independent investigation, and the university accreditation body placed UNC on probation. However, they found the incomplete record that they received from North Carolina. It wasn't enough to prosecute the case. Impossible to conclude academic fraud occurred. So the NCAA investigates North Carolina from 1993 to 2011. They got incomplete results from North Carolina and determined, well, we didn't get everything. They took it pass, no pass. So I guess we can't, we can't slam them. So what are we going to do in 2022? Nebraska. <laughs> Clickbaited. We're still relevant for a little while. 
Well, it's, NIL, it's... we have nothing. Transfer portal, but let's click bait Nebraska and let's fly them ten grand. Let's Scott's got to go golf for five days. Yeah, you can go hunting in Wood River all you want. <laughs> uh, in season for once. I, I mean, I, I do. I, I just I, I equate this to clickbait because what's going on? What's what's happened on Twitter today? Scott Frost is trending. Nebraska is trending. Nothing about Arizona State. Nothing about the college basketball FBI scandal. Nothing about all this other stuff. And they're polishing off another place in the trophy case for Kansas basketball to put the trophy in because they just can't come to put themselves. In a Here, here's here's what campus. with the NCAA, their 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 paycheck, their meal ticket has always been the NCAA basketball tournament. That's what they control. They are not going to keep North Carolina out of the NCAA tournament because people love going to see Carolina. They're not going to hammer Duke. They're not going to hammer UCLA. They're not going to hammer Kansas. They're not going to hammer the Blue Bloods of college basketball because that's who they want in the Elite Eight Final Four. That's the destination when they shake the New Orleans down or Arizona down or the U.S. Bank. Pick a, a venue. They're going to shake down for uh, for a, a venue for a, for a, for a, 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 a final four uh, site. They're, they don't. They're going to work against themselves and punish those teams they want, and that'll draw TV ratings and eyeballs. They're not going to do that. Nebraska. It's embarrassing to cheat. It's embarrassing to get caught. It's embarrassing to be bad at what you're trying to cheat on. That's the, <laughs> yeah. that's the moral of the story here. Bigger picture, though, Bill, we got a couple of minutes left. Elijah and I were spending a lot of time talking about, you know, it wasn't the trust fund, but it was the trust that was the difference for for O'Shawn Mathis, specifically, you know, his mom and how Nebraska was able to connect with with Mama and then his brother that's also on the spectrum. And and that that's really cool to hear Nebraska going above and beyond because they, they're genuine about it. They care about family. They want it to be a, a place where, yeah, he can go perform, but it's also a, a reality of this is the next 40 years, not just the next six months. So with, with that all being said, you know, NIL and – the way things are at right now, how do you feel as as, as a, a Nebraskan winning the battle against Texas for this recruit and knowing that it, NIL played a part of it? The pay for mean, play. How do, I feel, how do I feel about being right about everything again? But um, I'm just saying the fact that you were able to to deliver because of probably your culture. You know, uh, I, I read, I read, I read Sip's column, mm-hmm. Steve Sip's column, and yeah, it made me feel really good. And the, you know, the first names that started coming to my mind were, well, Coach Osborne for one, because he laid the groundwork, you know, for the character development, the total person program. Keith Zimmer, Dennis LeBlanc, Dave Ellis, uh, you know, and you go back to. Boyd Epley and Mike Arthur and all of those guys, Randy Goble and Paul Koch, when those guys would go to the weight room and how they treated athletes. But I really started thinking about the total person program that was in place in the late 80s, early 90s at Nebraska. And all of those people that uh, the people in Nebraska are familiar with because they know Dennis Keith and Dave mm-hmm. and all the others and all the others. And those are just a few of them. But it, they are significant people in the program. And I know that I know those guys. I've known them for many, many years. I don't get to see them near as often as I would like. But I could just see O'Shawn Mathis and his mom and his brother and whoever else amongst the family was there. And I could see Dave and Keith, Dennis, uh, 
sitting across the table from them and looking them straight in the eye and telling them, this is how it's going to go down at Nebraska. This is what we're going to do for your son and your family. And uh, look at all these academic All-America pictures that we have on the wall, certainly not at my wall. But um, I, I, I think when you sit across the table from people like that, you go, I believe them. And you should. Because those are those are great people behind the scenes in Nebraska athletics that are key uh, a key selling point as to what the culture of Nebraska, the university, and the state is all about. So again, I thought you know Tom's legacy is still important, and all those people who were around back then are still there, and, uh, and it didn't surprise me that his mom's uh, his mom was impressed enough to send her son, you know, to Lincoln as opposed to down the block in Austin. Bill Dolman's with us. Bill, I want you to hang on. I want a couple more minutes with you on the other side uh, segment. And we'll talk some NFL draft because you have a pretty good weekend for Nebraska. Yes, on O'Shawn Mathis. Yes, on some other kids at Nebraska's kicking tires on portal-wise. But, yeah, the showcase. And you had two names go Friday really early. You had two Ray go really late. And then you had a slew of guys get signed would uh, love some of your reaction to uh, landing spots. There's Bill Dolman, NBC Sports, and uh, Pride of Fairbury. will work through and wind down a Monday at Hale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. A few more minutes here. Bill Dolman joins us. Hour 2, Hale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. And uh, Bill Dolman, we've hit on the NCAA violations handed down to Nebraska. Show cause one year for Scott Frost. And a (laughs) five-day suspension. What's up? I just think it's funny. No, I... I mean, yeah, it's... Look, it's a bruised eye. I'm not going to say the black eye. It's a bruised eye. You got elbowed, yes. But but if if you go read deeper into the story... And, you know, and look, we have our haters. I get it. We're, Brett McMurphy like, made this thing sound like it was DEFCON 2 and all the uh, skeletons are going to be found in the crawl space. Well, Brett McMurphy's maybe a hater, too. So No, just just a touch. You <laughs> yeah. want to talk about, like, the, the, the least liked dude in college football? <laughs> co-written by, co-byline by Pat Forty. I got it. Yeah, but, yeah. But seriously, when you look a little deeper into it, you're like, um... What? What do we do here? Um, where, where, where's where's the rest of it? You know, um, you know, it's kind of like the. Did you ever read this? One of my favorite NCA stories in the last decade, besides the the fraud thing or the FBI thing. You know, the the the, U- the UMass women's tennis lost its 2017 Atlantic Ten uh, conference title. Did you hear about that one? What they do? A an administrator made a clerical error in that they gave uh, financial aid for living on campus cost more than living off campus. So they gave a financial aid package that was equal to on-campus housing as opposed to the apartment uh, that these uh, women shared. It was $252. Total or per? $252, I believe total, but uh, but it's two two players. And, and what had happened was a landline had gotten installed in the apartment. Nobody in the world really uses a landline anymore, but they didn't know it. 
that apparently elevated the cost of the apartment or something like that. But nevertheless, because of a landline that got installed in an apartment to the tune of $252, they had to vacate the Atlantic 10 Conference Women's Tennis Championship and 43 wins. Go back and read it. It's an unbelievable story. Now, the men's basketball program also got in trouble at the time. They had 10 players that were implicated in this, and they had to vacate like 46 wins or something over a certain period of time. But they could have just, the NCAA could have just said, you know what, give us the $252 and we'll call it good. You get to keep your women's tennis championship and all that. And, and no, they, they, the appeal came down like last November or sometime in 2021 where the NCAA said, no, you have to vacate all of those wins and the, the, the conference tournament championship because of the $252 uh, landline. That's what the NCAA is good for now. You've got recruiting classes in college football and basketball that are going to be millions. I believe I read the NIL by the end of June will have a total of $600 million. That it? Between half. That's just A&M. No. <laughs> from, when the, from when the NIL uh, was you know, put into play back in, uh, I believe, July 1 of last year, $600 million in NIL deals by the end of June, by the end of the first year. But we're going to get Nebraska because of a fired special teams coach who was apparently giving really bad advice when he shouldn't have. And it's going to cost you $10,000. And five games. And five games and a couple of other five, five days, five days, five days. Yeah. Bill, a couple of minutes here. Jurgens to Philly, Kim Taylor, Britt to Zach Taylor, and Cincy Samare to Seattle, and uh, JoJo to Indy as an undrafted free agent. I think uh, shocked by that. Yeah, Austin Allen to the Giants. Uh, yeah, I was I was I was shocked by JoJo Dolman and Austin Allen. I thought both of those guys would be mid round picks. Mm-hmm. Uh, now maybe, and I read the, the JoJo Dolman well because he's what twenty four or thirty four now. He'll be twenty five, like but yeah, you know that okay. Uh, he may have peaked or something. Uh, I'm thinking, why wouldn't you take a mature guy like that? I think the ACL the and the ball. age <laughs> thing, but I mean, listen, yeah, okay. he he he's an incredible player. He'll work well in Indy. Same with Austin. I mean, there's a couple of. I mean, the the Giants drafted a couple of tight ends. And, and Austin, I just don't think they think is as athletic. And he's very athletic. I mean, he's a basketball player as far as burst goes. But he's he's a guy that can get open and, and make plays and can block. So I think he's got a good shot. Damian Daniels, uh, I think, can do well for Lovey. Lovey's seen enough of him over the years yep. when he coached at Illinois that, that he saw something he liked. And and Ben Stilley in Miami. I mean, Ben's a, Ben's an older player as well, but he's a good player. I mean, some of these super seniors uh, are, are getting penalized. They slide an extra round or two, or don't get end up end up getting drafted because it's been such a a thick draft with just numbers and, and players anyway. But to uh, to Cam Jurgens, we were running some of this audio earlier. Cam Jurgens and Kelsey, their connection, and then the Greg Austin factor. I mean, Philly's been wanting uh, Cam Jurgens for a long time, and they uh, they got to mesh up, and it is it is going to be good. I mean, Cam's going to be groomed at a very high level. I think that was a great uh, place for him to go. 
Um, and, you know, so much has been made over, you know, Scott's decision to move him from tight end to center and how much that paid off for him. Should be noted that Beatrice, of course, for those who may not be familiar, Beatrice is a northern suburb of Fairbury. <laughs> yes, yes, it is. And I so think, just, I just think... people may not be familiar with the map like they when I lived in Texas and would talk about Fairbury suburbs like Omaha. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, it, no, it's, it's a great position for him to be in and to, to get uh, you get a year's worth of learning before taking over that job. Uh, I, I was I think everybody's maybe one of the feel good stories of the entire draft was Samari Torre. Yeah. Um, and Jessica Cootie did a, ter- a terrific interview with him uh, um, prior to the draft. I don't remember when, when, when it aired, but about his, you know, going through high school and kind of overlooked and then going into Montana and kind of overlooked and then coming to Nebraska saying, look, I'm going to make you look at me. And then to go to a place like Green Bay where they've gotten rid of Devontae Adams and they're going to be looking for wideouts who are sure-handed and smart and mature uh, who can uh, latch on to uh, whatever it is that's go- the vibe is with Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. I-, I think that's a, a great place and just another reason for people in Lincoln to love the Packers. But, I, you know, I think it was, a, it, it was a good draft for Nebraska. Um, you know, the scene of, of Cam Taylor Britt getting, you know, getting drafted. And then the scene in Cincinnati where uh, one of the coaches turns to Zach Taylor and says, well, you got your Husker. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, how good is that? So I think for the for the program to see so many guys get drafted, not a ton, but get guys get drafted, get drafted early. A lot of free agent signings. And then when the, you know, a guy who coached in the Super Bowl is talking about getting his guys there was also the talk with Mathis that going to a, a Big Ten school like Nebraska, the Big Ten will set you up better for the NFL than if you stay in the Big 12 mm-hmm. or go to the Pac-12, which he wasn't going to the Pac-12. But I think I think for Nebraska's program overall, uh, the last weekend was very, very positive. <laughs> Regardless of what went down today, um, I'm sure nobody cares. Big, uh, big weekend for the Big Red, for sure. Bill, we'll check in Friday, but thanks for jumping on with us today. Good to chat. Yeah, it's good. thanks for checking in. I'm going to dig a little bit deeper into uh, the NCAA investigation and see if I can find something more than... Well, well, if you need a shredder, let us know. Um, Bill, be good, buddy. We'll uh, wind, we'll wind down on Monday. Your chance again for the uh, backyard uh, smoker, the backyard chance to beef up with ESPN uh, listen shortly for a chance to, to, to qualify miss us come here brother give me a hug bring it in for the real thing we're on call for you catch the podcast at hailvarsity.com the ESPN Lincoln app or download them on iTunes saddle up partner back to Hail Varsity Radio well what are the more memorable teams of movies and sports, the average Joes and dodgeball. That is where you can find the reference three separate types of anabolic steroids in a low-grade beaver tranquilizer. You're looking at me funny, Elijah. The Cardinals wideout DeAndre Hopkins suspended six games for violating PED policy. I do not believe beaver tranks are part of that repertoire. Ah, see, now that it's making the rounds on Twitter. A lot it of people is. reporting on it. Uh huh. And so you must know more about the movie Dodgeball than I do. I've seen that movie a couple times, but I must be missing the reference. It, it, beaver tranks are part of the reference 
uh, in in the movie. Okay, so DeAndre Hopkins has not been taking low grade beaver tranquilizers as, no. as off season training. The team lost to the Girl Scouts in the regionals when the, but then three of the Scouts were disqualified. Ah, uh, because yes. they took the beaver tranquilizer. See, now I was sitting here wondering. How the hell do you even get low-grade beaver tranquilizer? I don't even know what it is. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, there's there's tons of things. I think, uh, I don't know, what the hell's the name of it? Like Toradil or something like that? I don't know. Uh, where you can uh, you can juice up and, and there you go. I just remember the after-school special that had the kid who played uh, Ralphie Billingsley. Uh, and he would roid rage and started throwing pasta at his mother <laughs> then punched his father. He started taking steroids so he could do better at track and field in junior high. See, I, <laughs> and I, he lost it. I, I think of the episode of South Park. With with uh, with Jimmy? Oh, yeah. Jimmy taking the steroids? For yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. And then, and then Cartman having his two cents, as always. Mm-hmm. But that, that's, whenever I think of, of steroids, that's what I think of. Okay. Roid rage. Yeah. That's all right. <laughs> Let's get uh, a couple of qualifiers here for the Smoky Mountain Cooker Smoker from Capital Patio and the Flame Shop. Also a gift card to Russ's for some awesome meat. Beef up your backyard with ESPN Lincoln. Friends at Hale Varsity, Caller 5. Caller six right now. Qualify. We will draw on the 27th of May. And uh, you can also log on ESPNLincoln.com and uh, qualify. That way you can also get in 800-825-5865 or 466-3776. So qualify now. Can qualify also during the uh, morning hookup, which is good. And you'll qualify uh, once an hour with us. We uh, uh, ran into a time crunch in hour one, so you get uh, a chance to qualify now. Uh, Caller five and six right now. Elijah will get your info done. You'll get put in the the good old prize box and your chance with the Beef Up Your Backyard with ESPN. This uh, smoker's incredible. can also roll to the Capitol Patio and Flame Shop. Put your name um, in the box yourself, because there's a there's a box in the uh, the showroom. And, and get this, phones ringing off the hook. We already have callers five and six for the day. Well, hang on, more chances tomorrow. We'll talk to you at four. Thanks. A Huda Media Production.